Before you get lost in this episode, I want to let people know that there is a new way to support me. Buymeacoffee.com. It's an opportunity for you to support me by buying me a coffee for $5 or you can support me with a monthly membership. Monthly membership does have access to different exclusive things. It's $10 a month if you wish to support. For those that can support, thank you so much. I absolutely am extremely grateful for anybody that's willing to be able to support me at that level. And for those that can't financially, that's okay too. All I ask is that if you really enjoy my content and love the things that I'm doing, support by sharing, letting other people know what I do, and hopefully my mission of changing the speech and debate community forever will be able to happen. Um, so that you can support me at buymeacoffee.com. I'll have the link in the show notes. And thank you, thank you, thank you to so much of the people that have already supported me, especially the person that bought me 12 coffees. Oh my gosh, you are amazing and I really appreciate you once I find out who you are, even though you said you're anonymous. Thank you so much. See y'all later. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's Dante, a.k.a. The Forensics Guy, and you are listening to The Forensics Experience, the podcast where we discuss topics in the speech and debate community with the world's most influential coaches, students, and alumni in the activity. And today, y'all, I am beyond excited because I am sitting here with Quest Sandel, and it is amazing um, to just be sitting with him and listening to everything he has to say. Thought I'd turn the mic on and give y'all a little bit. So Quest, can you tell everybody about what you do in the speech and debate community? Yeah, uh, first off, hi, <laughs> uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so what I do in the speech and debate community takes on many roles at this point. <laughs> um, it's hard to <laughs> nail it down to just one. So uh, first thing is I coach at John F. Kennedy High School in Sacramento, California. Um, this is my final year, just kind of finishing out there. That was my first school I ever worked with. It was a school I went to in high school. So that's like my wow. personal project, you know, giving back to where I started when it came to speech and debate. Um, I also work at James Logan High School as the congressional debate coach. I work with one of my former Kennedy students, Rohit Jawar, as the assistant, uh, who is the assistant congressional debate coach. Um, and we run Congress at James Logan. Uh, love it there. Awesome. Uh, then there's my other stuff. <laughs> um, I also am the camp director and CEO at Ascend Speech and Debate, um, a speech and debate um, coaching company. We primarily have a summer camp now, but we've also done year-round operations, fall program, stuff like that. But right now we're preparing for our first in-person summer now that we are kind of um, not moving past COVID, but you know, getting to a point where we can return to in-person events and, you know, uh, re uh, get our speech and debate community back together again. Definite. Uh, oh my gosh. I'm, I know a lot of people are smiling right now. Super excited about in-person stuff. Finally, again, um, I'm sure everybody is tired of paying $200 for Zoom tournaments. Um, so I, yeah. I think that's a unanimous statement. <laughs> <laughs> Definite. Uh, so it is super uh, great to have you on. Um, and I wanted to kind of dive in a little bit about you first. Um, I uh, love like everything you've been saying, things that you've been doing. I love that you're giving back and just kind of staying with the school that you started with. I love to hear like, how was your start? When when did you first do speech and debate? What categories did you do um, yeah. while competing and all of that? For sure. So <clears throat> I started at John F. Kennedy in Sacramento, as I said, um, and started my freshman year. Actually, I had no interest in joining speech and debate. I feel like this is a rather common story, though. You know, you had no interest <laughs> in joining it, then you love it. Um, so basically, I lived on the other side of Sacramento, away from Kennedy, but I ended up okay. at Kennedy um, 
you know, long story on like district processes to get to how that happened, but <laughs> that's what happened. Um, my dad would drive me to school when I was a freshman and he was very insistent that he didn't want to deal with the 8 a.m. traffic. So he was going to get me to school by 7.05 every single day. That was when it was. School didn't start till 8.20. Wow. And I was like, you know, this is fine. You know, I'll hang out with friends or, you know, something. Go to, there was like this donut store down the road. We were going to hang out there. We were going to do whatever. And he was like, no, <laughs> that, that's definitely not happening. <laughs> uh, you have to pick a zero period. And I was like, but I already have a seventh period because my mom who picked me up can't pick me up till 4.20. So it's like, so you already, I already have a seventh period. He was like, well, now you're having a zero period. And I was like, great. What are, uh, he was like, here are your options. Uh, jazz band, <laughs> um, robotics. Um, and then there was student government and then speech and debate. And I was like, well, Everybody in my family says that I'm, you know, I'm very argumentative, uh, <laughs> hard-headed, <laughs> borderline annoying. So maybe this whole speech and debate thing is for me. And that is when I picked speech and debate. I met a man named Michael Fry on the first day, and he was, uh, he became one of the biggest influences in my entire life. He's uh, actually now a principal in Utah, um, but this is when he was uh, just a, a government teacher and speech and debate coach. And it was... Um, it was one of those things where like, it didn't take me long to realize like, this is my thing from the first tournament when I went in and I did Congress on my first tournament. And I gave a one minute, 20 second long speech that ended with my, with me face palming um, at the end of the speech and going, I'm open for uh, questions and points of clarification or whatever. Um, and from that glorious moment, I knew that uh, speech and debate was my thing. So then I stuck with it for four years. Um, right out of high school, I decided to start at uh, Sacramento City College before I transferred later. Um, so when I started there, my parents were like, you got to have a job. It doesn't have to be a super high paying job because, you know, uh, I was very fortunate. My parents supported me early on mm-hmm. um, like that. And and they were, um, they were like, so you could just get a job thus you're doing something other than school. Uh, then that guy, Michael Fry, he was no longer the speech and debate coach. He was now the vice principal at the school. He was like, well, Quest, you know, he said, I, I think you're great. Come to Kennedy, come back to Kennedy and be the speech and debate coach. I think it would be great. You can work with a teacher and I think y'all do great things. And I was like, I wasn't even, you know, I was a decent debater, nothing special. I was like, I don't even know if I would do that great. And I don't know. He just, he, he was insistent that he thought I could, um, he thought I could do great. And I was like, maybe. And so I gave it a shot and I ended up being okay at it. Wow. That is, that's awesome. Um, especially the fact that you started off right away with Congress. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. obviously you've had an extensive amount of experience with Congress and just, you know, being a student in it and also now coaching it and um, having a lot of things start out with that. So um, another question is, were there any categories that you didn't get to do that you might, you might regret a little bit? Like, oh man, I wish I would have done this. Uh, my students out there are going to laugh at this one because they've heard this story. I was, um, I was meant for interp. I was, I was, I would have been great at it. I won, not to brag, I won novice duo okay. one time. Mm-hmm. I did. I did one one novice duo um, at a like CVFL. That's our league uh, number local number two or <laughs> something, <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> aka the national championship. Um, <laughs> and I uh, I won it, and I 
and I didn't continue because I was a Congress guy. I was going to keep going. And, you know, I did, some, I did some other like interpy OI, that's oratorical interpretation for the non-California folks out there, um, you know, and some other events like that. But, you know, I'm just saying, I, I think I, I could have been a, could have been the goat interpreter. I think that oh, was the start of something. <laughs> Dang, we, we, we missed out. We missed out. I would have, that would have been great to see you on the national stage doing some duo there. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it I mean, I mean, you basically had your nationals already, so we don't even got to talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in uh, what, what got you to start um, uh, Ascend? Because that's like, it seems, seems very different and just a whole different world. So what, what gave you that inspiration to start Ascend? Yeah, so fun fact, I actually didn't attend a camp in high school. A camp director who never went to a single one in high school. Wow. Um, and when I started Ascend, I was like, you know, it was fresh off of um, one of my first students I ever coached. His name's Rohit Jawar. He works at Ascend uh, oh, wow. right now. He uh, he was he won Senate at the 2019 NSDA National Tournament, and you know, and I was unbelievably proud of him. And it was just like this amazing moment. And I thought, okay, well, we celebrate, then we go back to Kennedy and, you know, things mostly stay the same. Maybe some people think we're good or something, but you know, things mostly stay the same. Yeah. I was wrong. Um, a lot of people all of a sudden are like, Hey, Quest, uh, we want your coaching. We would like to hear from you. And I was like, me, what? <laughs> <laughs> me well, I don't I don't know about that <laughs> um and as time went on I was like you know I I think maybe going to a camp or something like that could be cool um and I even actually looked at working at a couple of different camps um and none of them were I don't think any of them were the right fit like some of the like congress camps um I don't think any of them were the right fit for me at the time um and as a result of that, I think I just was like, you know, but I still want to do it. I, I, you know, there are definitely some people out there. I don't know how many or anything, but there are some people out there who want to hear, you know, from me, want to, you know, hear what I have to say. And then yeah. I was like, so I want to get in and also just sounds fun, you know, um, because I had done like mini summer camps for Kennedy students, you know, um, over the summer okay. multiple times. It's like, I want to get in it with a larger scale thing. I just, I just couldn't find the camp that was right for me. So I said, you know what? Um, we're just going to start one. We're just, let's do it. I had a uh, dinner with my uh, friend. I mean, I met him sophomore year national qualifier. We were from different teams. We were the only Congress kids from our respective schools at that NAT qualifier. Neither one of us qualified. We got obliterated, but um, it was a lifelong friendship from right there. Uh, he's still, he's our finance person at Ascend um, right now. He is, um, he's incredible, but him and I had a meeting and I said, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. Are you in? And he said, I'm in. And then from there, we just kind of went with it. And luckily, you know, years later, we're still here. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. So I, uh, I guess I'm, I'm also curious. I know, I, I believe uh, you started to expand and now you offer like coaching in terms of the camp for like all the categories. Right. Yeah. But, but you didn't start out that way. Um, so what was, what, like, when, when did you decide to make this decision change? And and what, what, like, what did you start with at first? So when we first began, it was Congress. Um, and that was the thing that we were like, well, this is the thing we all have experience with. Um, it's only a natural beginning. So we began. And fortunately, we were able to quickly become um, a rather large Congress camp, um, getting a, over 120 students in Congress alone wow. last summer. Um, 
So we were very excited about that. But at the same time, I think what it is, is I do truly believe in Ascend's core principles of teaching, of coaching. Uh, We believe in our ability to teach students um, in many different ways, but we believe in the fundamental values of that coaching, Um, the one-on-one instruction, equity in mind, um, being able to really dig into what issues are we talking about, whether they be speech or debate, like what issue am I trying to educate an audience about? What story am I trying to share? And that's something that, that's why I work at uh, James Logan now, because that's kind of how James Logan as a program was built, you know? So I want to, I wanted to continue to do things I believe in. And I didn't want to just do it in Congress because I had these incredible people I had met over the years who I knew taught, who had similar values and taught in similar styles when it came to those values um, across the circuit, except they weren't all Congress people, right? (laughs) Like that's not exclusive to Congress at all. So, and I said that we have an opportunity here to bring in some incredible, incredible people um, for these other events, give them a platform to share these these values and you know show the circuit how this can work and do it maybe differently than the other camps and that's what we uh that's what we strive for and i think that's what we're doing right now um as we expand into all the these other events and just for people out there those events are now congress uh lincoln douglas public forum uh extemporaneous speaking um all the nsda recognized interp events and platform events wow awesome so that's a Definitely a lot of expansion, and I'm super excited about that. That's actually, uh, I feel like one of the big reasons that I even wanted you on this podcast is I thought that, you know, seeing that there are a lot of values that I feel like we have in common, people who Mm -hmm. know my platform, all of the different things from the TikToks and stuff I make are really about, you know, first of all, just being comfortable with the idea of speech and debate, having fun with it, but really promoting a an organization change that we can see that involves, you know, making things more diverse, more equitable, more inclusive as a whole. And if we can make speech and debate like that, that is all that matters. Because honestly, like I, like I say, like if you, like winning, winning a national championship is cool, but like if everybody didn't have a fair chance to compete, did you really win? Like, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, you know, obviously props to winning and everything is amazing, but like you, like you, you're going to feel so much better being a national champion and knowing that everybody had somewhat of a fair chance to be able to compete with you. And that, I think that really matters. And that's obviously, I think the world that we want to see the world that we Mm want to change. And I I know people are definitely listening and wondering, like, so I want to hear from you, like, what, what things are you doing specifically with the sin to make a change in those different values with diversity, equity, and inclusion? What things have you done and what things are you looking at doing in the future? So first things first, you know, I actually get asked about this, a decent amount of people say, how can you claim that you stand for equity when you run a private camp that costs a pretty penny? Um, how, how, how do those two things add up? Well, there's a few ways. One, I think it's how we run the camp. So the process of recruiting students to ascend is simple. We don't just say, hey, you know, insert private school, bring your students to ascend. We go to all schools. We want a lot of schools to come to ascend from diverse backgrounds. And we're willing to help make sure students are able to do it. Um, financial aid is a big part of ascend's belief system. We, um, in online summers, we met 100% of financial need. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can make that promise, you know, for in-person just because there's so many more costs and, you know, this is inside baseball, but there's a lot that goes into in-person camps that would make that very hard to achieve. But 
I think you can see that our belief in that will still be there. We still want to offer financial aid and bring as many people in. And that is why any single person who's asked us about financial aid this year um, has gotten a response. We always say, have your parent or guardian uh, email, call me, and then we can have a discussion and try to figure out whether it's a payment plan or maybe there's a payment plan and a discount or a discount. We want to figure it out on what works for families. Um, that That is something big because the opportunities we offer, I'm a big believer in them. And I'm, I'm not somebody who comes from a private school, John F. Kennedy High School. I mean, you could probably just tell based off if it's named after a president, um, you know, is, is not a big <laughs> private school. Um, it is a public school. It is a Title I school. It's the school I went to. It's the school my friends in high school went to. Um, and it is, and I, ne- ha- you know, we'll never forget the background that that school has and how oftentimes there were kids with so much unbelievable talent. Like it, it is incredible. And I know I'm, t- I'm telling you somebody who definitely knows this, but how many no. people I saw at that school where I'm like, oh my God, you could be on the top six internationals. Like you can be, yep. you don't get coaching. So it's raw talent or, or, or you're not, no one actually ever told you that the top six stage existed. Did you know, I didn't know camps existed until my junior year of high school, like halfway through. I didn't either. It was about <laughs> yeah. around that exact same time. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> exactly. So like, not only is it a, not only is there this issue of inequity when it comes to, you know, like just who can afford it. There's yeah. also just a, who has the knowledge that it even exists. Mm-hmm. Until my uh, late sophomore year of high school, I thought invitationals means that you were actually invited. <laughs> um, that's what I thought. Like, I was like, why can't, uh, I remember somebody's like, why don't y'all go to Berkeley? I was like, no one invited us to Berkeley. I <laughs> um, so there's that, you know, so that's why I try to spread the word and I try to talk to my friends that are coaches and tell them that, you know, share it with your team. If, if there's a, somebody on your team who doesn't feel like they can afford it, have them reach out to me. Let's see what we can do. And that's really big. Also, we offer, you know, we offer free events um, from time to time. Um, those are, you know, we try, we don't put them on as much as I think I would want to, right? In a perfect world, that yeah. would be ideal, but we do. And the, actually, in the very near future, we're going to be announcing a whole host of free events, uh, lectures with some of our curriculum directors on core events, in, wow. up to and including tips for returning back to in-person speech and debate. Um, yes. So close to that. Um, and those will be free and accessible for the entire community. We offer stuff like that. Um, we also do... Um, you know, every once in a while, we'll try to put people in touch with private coaches. You know, if we get asked, you know, hey, you know, I know, you know, I know maybe you you can't do private coaching or maybe, you know, you don't do my event. Do you know anybody? You know, we'll try to, you know, figure that out and try to help somebody find a coach. Um, in that regard, that is a way of connecting people to coaches. Um, we've had a few coaches even throughout the country be like, hey, I'm a brand new coach. How do I coach? <laughs> um, and we'll have yeah. Um, about that. So there are different things, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, people ask, we try to do what we can, but then there's like free events, financial aid. I think all that stuff, um, it's key to ascend and what we want to, it's stuff that we would like to continue to do, but most importantly, even expand on as we move forward with our future plans, because there's, there's quite a lot of future plans for ascend. Awesome. That's really great. Uh, I love that answer. I'm, I'm interested in like, kind of hearing, like hearing about ascend. I want to kind of also know, I guess, your opinions on the general community as well. So one of my questions is, what is something that, well, I'm going to ask you two, it's a two-part question. So what is something that you think in the speech and debate community is going excellent right now? And we should absolutely keep this up, great energy on it. But then at the same time, what's something you think we should like, 
no, we need to fix this right now. Like this mm-hmm. is something that is absolute dire in, in order for us to have a successful, cohesive community. Um, I will start with the thing that I think is going very well. Okay. Um, I think that's going very well is bid tournaments are more accessible than ever. I mean, speech and debate is more accessible than sure. ever. Um, the tournament of champions is more accessible than ever. I'm actually on the tournament of champions committee for congressional debate. And I think one thing that the, that a lot of us agree upon is that we're happy with how many people have opportunities um, in the online environment. Now we acknowledge that a lot of people don't like the online environment quite as much as the in-person environment. There are inherent downsides, but I think as we go forward, we can never forget 2020 through 2022 we can't forget it because we need to remember how accessible it was and we need to continue to find ways to increase that accessibility in person now that might not mean you know tournaments getting vouchers for students of title one schools to go to harvard but what that might mean is ensuring that southern california has more bid opportunities or that arkansas has more bid opportunities you know that different areas who may not you know that different areas have increased opportunities. So that way, if you are a student from, a, you know, for, or no matter which region you are from as a student, you have an opportunity to still qualify to the biggest and best tournaments. Um, that is one thing that I think we'll have to continue to work on. Um, I think there's all types of, there's scholarship, oper- you know, we need to continue to try to work on scholarship opportunities to create funds for uh, Title I schools and students who may go to a private school but may not be able to afford, you know, some of the tournaments um, to be able to attend as well. I think that is one thing. The accessibility is something that we can't forget. Um, it's going, <clears throat> it's going very well right now. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, we have to try to think of ways to bring that accessibility in person. It's not going to be easy, but, you know, that's never been a that's never been something that speech and people shy away from a challenge. So true. That's yeah. That's a really great point there. Um, now something that needs a change. I'm actually, if you don't mind, I'm gonna get on a soapbox here. I'm not gonna even gonna re- um, about <laughs> Congress. Okay. You know, I want to just. I'm gonna preface this by saying, respect to all the presiding officers out there. I've coached top tier presiding officers. I've been fortunate enough to work with some really impressive presiding officers. It is a skill. Anybody who says presiding is not a skill dead wrong. I was a terrible PO in high school. So like I can tell you it is a skill. But presiding officers having the title of congressional debate champion, I think needs to stop. Um, okay. Right now, I don't know how much you know about this phenomenon, Dante, but presiding officers won House and Senate at the National Championship last year. They won Senate oh, wow. 20 at the national at the 2020 National Championship. They won the 2022 Harvard. They have won uh, Glen Brooks, I believe, two years in a row now. Um, they just recently won the PFA State Championship. Um, PO. And all these have in common, the presiding officers also just aren't debating. Again, presiding officers is a skill, and you should be able to be a, and I, you know, I think you know what I'm saying, Dante, right? Like, a PO yeah. is really good, should have the recognition as a Harvard champion. Like, you should be the Harvard presiding officer champion. <laughs> you should okay, be the yeah, champion yeah. Harvard. You should not be the congressional debate champion of Harvard. I think the skill of appeal and the skill of a debate are just separate. They're two separate things. Yeah. Therefore, what needs to change? And I say this to everyone out there, and I know, I know this is a battle of generations and a battle of states. In California, we don't have POs win. We have a separate PO system. Chasa does not have a um Chasa does not have a way for a PO to win the debating title. It's separate. So every, a lot of people say, you know, your California bias is showing here. And, you know, <laughs> but I've also talked to many people in the other 49 states who agree that this needs to end because I want a system where everybody can tell the presiding officer, congratulations, here's your first place trophy. You are a champion. 
put it on your put it on your uh, college resume, uh, put, you know, go get your camp job, you know, do all that. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. But at the same time, the person who was the top debater at the tournament will also have a trophy that says first place, that says the word champion on it, because I think that is only fair to them too. Um, right now in the status quo, we have a system where Somebody who's not debating can win the debate championship. Point blank, that's the system. Um, and if you go outside of congressional debate, you go to other debate events, or you go, oh, if you go outside of speech and debate and you say, hey, how do you feel about somebody who's not debating winning the debate championship? They will say, that sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, how does that even happen? And then we would say, well, this has just been the way it is for a very long period of time. And that's really the mm. best defense. The other defense I hear is that we need to incentivize people to preside. Well, the Tournament of Champions has a similar system where they have a separate PO track where in the final round, there is a TOC presiding officer champion. And then there's also a TOC debating champion. Mm. And that has definitely, and I noticed they are able to put three presiding officers into the final round as POs without debating every single year. They don't seem to have an issue. At the California State Tournament, every year, at least since I've been around, so we're talking like since at least 2012, um, we have been able to fill up our tournament with enough presiding officers to run the state championship tournament. Yeah. So I think that it is not necessarily true that we would never have enough presiding officers if they're not eligible to win the debate tournament. I think even back when POs weren't winning debate tournaments all the time, back when we were in person, they we didn't have a huge issue filling up, you know, final round presiding officers. Um, now it's at the point where, you know, like I think it was Yale 2020, like six or seven of the 12 finalists <laughs> wanted to preside. It's that overpowered right wow. now. So when you ask me something that needs to end, I think it's time for the adults in this community to get together. And I think it's time we say, okay, this is something that is a flaw. It is hurting, it is hurting recruitment to, for congressional debate across the country. It is harder. I'm hearing from students all over the country are telling me I am having a hard time recruiting kids to come to Congress because the other events like the PFLD debaters are saying, oh, you could do all the research, all the prep and lose the presiding officer who didn't debate. It's hurting yeah. recruitment for our event. I think it, Congress is already an event that deals with legitimacy issues at all times. And we are... And it's only, and it's continuing to hurt that. Again, though, all respect to the presiding officers. I think they're incredible. I presided from time to time. I, I've coached top presiding officers before. I just, and I want them to have their recognition. I hope everybody hears that part. I want them to have their recognition because I believe what they do is a skill and a valuable skill. We need them. I also want the debaters to have the recognition of being the top debater. I think it's time for Congress to have two champions, a presiding officer champion and a debating champion. Um, as I said, this is my soapbox. So um, I could go on all day. But yeah, this is something I feel really strongly about. And I think a lot of people feel very strongly about it. And I think it's time we start to force these discussions to happen at the highest levels and talk more about it. So that way we come up with a system that makes sense. That's a that is a good point. Um, <clears throat> I think I think there's I mean, obviously, there's two sides to this. And I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like there's valid points on both sides. I, I feel like my personal opinion probably leans a little bit more towards what you say. And I can, I can feel that definitely. We all have our soapboxes. I have yeah. my personal one about spreading in debate. I stand on that very <laughs> tall. Um, but yeah, it's a, <clears throat> it's a good point of something that I can definitely see that needs to change in some way. Um, not exactly sure how that change may look in the future, but having it change in general is definitely well, a way that we should definitely go. Well, um, what's nice about it is that we have a lot of, uh, 
We have a lot of tournaments out there showing us systems, possible systems that can avoid that happening. I just yeah. think it's time we embrace one. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I can definitely agree with that and see that. Um, so um, I, before, before, before I feel like we close out, um, the one mm-hmm. thing I think uh, I know people want to hear because we've we've talked a little bit about like um ascend and like all of the things that are happening within it um but for people who are just curious like can you just explain this camp like you're like oh we have an in-person camp people are probably like where is this when is it happening what's going on and give us the details on that for sure, for sure. So Ascend is headed to the big city, um, New York. Um, we're hosting it in New York at Hofstra University, a few miles out of um, like the of New York City, like Manhattan, where we all know it is in Long Island, New York. Um, Hofstra, amazing campus. It's two weeks long, um, July 10th through 24th. We okay. offer... Um, I mentioned the events we offered earlier, but I'm going to mention them just one more time yeah. just while we're talking about it. It's Congressional Debate, Lincoln-Douglas, public forum, extemporaneous, all NSDA-recognized interpretation events, and all NSDA-recognized platform events are the events we offer. Um, and we have we have a incredible staff and every event. Um, we're still hiring, by the way. So for the coaches uh, who listen to this, yeah. you know, um, if you want to apply, um, you know, you can check out our website, ascendspeech.org. Um, it's it's on the applications on there and also for all the students out there if you're interested we have um our entire staff on there um that is it's up it stays rather relatively up to date uh we have our events on there we have prices on there ways to apply for financial aid on there um one thing some of the things that we pride ourselves on is that from in that two-week period you'll receive more one-on-one instruction than any other in-person camp in the country we already provided more one-on-one instruction than any online camp in the country we wow. plan on doing it for in-person as well. You'll get that individualized help. You're going to get help from uh, a rock star coaching staff. I mean, I, I just, you know, I know every camp director has to say their staff is rock star, <laughs> right? Like you have to, but like, wow. Like I, even I am like, wow, <laughs> this staff yeah. is incredible. I, um, you know, we have people like Elijah Smith, Renee Moss, Justin Corrupt, Don Broussard, and those are just some of the curriculum directors. You know, they are all, and they are all national champion coaches, years of experience. Um, but more importantly than their trophies, they're just good people. I mean, just genuinely good people. They're, yeah. they're nice to talk to. They, they care about all students. You know, we hear about camp horror stories all the time um, from coaches and True. stuff. One of my, the first things I set out to do was ensure that that would not be a send. Not because I don't want a, a bad PR day. No, no, no. Because I just don't want any students, any student to experience something bad happen to them. You know, when it comes to our camp there, we have fought hard to ensure that everybody at a send background check, everybody at a send, um, is, you know, is just the type of person that we'd want at a send, you know, is kind, outgoing, um, you know, patient. Um, and of course has the coaching experience to turn students into champions as well. Um, and that is what we've been able to create so far from the junior instructors to the curriculum directors. It's an incredible staff. So two weeks, um, maximize the one-on-one attention um, across uh, every single event. Every curriculum director has made a promise that they will try their best to maximize one-on-one attention. Um, something that it's, it's core to a son's beliefs. We will not focus just on, you know, the small tricks to win around. We'll focus on building skills. We will focus on building all the skills necessary to not just be a champion um, in a debate round or a speech round, but be a champion post you know graduating high school be a champion in the classroom be a champion in life be a champion everywhere 
Um, that is, it'll be a relatively, it'll, I think it'll be a, a huge thing, um, you know, this upcoming summer for the students who are um, able to attend or want to attend. So obviously I'm as biased of a source yeah. as they <laughs> I highly recommend it to everyone out there. Awesome. Well, honestly, that sounds fun to me. New York, I, I love New York. I've been there a couple times. It's one of my absolute favorite places. If only it didn't snow. I would probably, <laughs> I, I would like, I would definitely be living in New York. I you know, so much. On that note, before um, <laughs> before uh, we announced that we were going to be at Hofstra publicly, we went uh -huh. to Hofstra for a visit in December. And you know, uh -huh. I'm a I'm a Cali boy through and through. <laughs> and there was this one morning there where we had to do some just basic recording. Uh, you're aware of this, but you know, yeah, we had basic recordings. It was by the Brooklyn Bridge, um, and I don't think I was there with uh, Rohit Jawar, and I don't think. I've ever been so close to having to lose a limb in my entire life. It was, it was, it was so cold. It was the type of cold that makes you go, you know, when you land in California, kiss the ground and go, I'm never leaving again. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was great. Um, luckily, luckily, we're there July 10th through 24th. So yes. that, none of that will be. <laughs> Being from Wisconsin, I feel that so much. And it's uh -huh. crazy. And, and I do, I do actually like the snow. It's nice and stuff, but it's just dealing with it for like potentially six months in a year is a lot. Uh, <laughs> If it, if it snowed for like a week maybe that'll be great um but you, you can't you can't you can't pick and choose sometimes um but yeah man uh thank you so much for giving us all this information and i know some people are listening they hear so many great things and they're like how do i find this man this man is awesome i gotta learn more about him i gotta learn more about everything that he's doing and everything about the sin and all that stuff where can they find you at where can they reach out so the, the best way to get hold of me is always through email. If you have any questions about Ascend or just speech and debate stuff in general, um, that email is quest.sandel at ascendspeech.org. Um, and I, you know, um, I assume when you post this, you know, you, you can put, yeah. write that out. In the but show it, notes, yeah, I'll have that. Great, great. But yeah, quest.sandel at ascendspeech.org is the best way to get a hold of me. Um, ascendspeech.org is my, is the website. You can find a lot of info about Ascend there. Um, it is, you know, I, I'm, I really hope to see all this summer. I think it'll be a great time. Um, and if you just have any questions about speech and debate, Ascend um, or anything like that, always feel free to send me an email. Awesome. Well, uh, that's awesome. Um, I hope it, I hope people some people reach out, and we're we're look, we're looking at a great camp. Hopefully, a couple couple hundred thousand people. You know, um, so uh, let's <laughs> let's have fun. Let's have a great summer camp. Um, yeah, and if you're interested, make sure you sign up. It's going to be awesome to see you there. And also, if you are willing and wanting to be in the conversation, as usual, you can reach out to me at The Forensics Guy. Um, I'm on The Forensics Guy on all my social media platforms. So if you just want to say, hey, or if you got questions, or I've recently I've been getting stories from people just about crazy things in the speech and debate community. So if you want to share that too, feel free to. Um, I'm excited to hear them all. I'm excited to see them all. And I'll be excited to see you all next week. Week. we will have episodes every single sunday except for when i don't feel like it and like usual um <laughs> i never know how to end these episodes so i'm just going to say peace out